All right, GCW takes over the world. AEW takes a beach break. And it is Royal Rumble weekend. All that and more on this episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It's Royal Rumble weekend. It is Royal Rumble I, weekend. I almost forgot. And I... I oh, come I on. Am so, I am so frustrated on a multitude of levels. And, and before we before we get going here, Elio, I should warn you ahead of time. Uh-oh. Remember how I asked you to cut, cut out some of the stuff that we typically do at the end with the time warp? Yes. Well... there's a reason for that you see because I am so tired today and yes I worked out and that I didn't take a nap prior to the show and and that's why I'm so tired but but I'm, I'm also mentally exhausted of trying to make WWE's decision making make sense and, and, and this this first thing that we're going to talk about really really irritates me because I, I was really, you know, looking for a break from the monotonous WWE bullshit. Like I said, I almost forgot it was Royal Rumble season, and if it wasn't for this show, I would have completely forgotten. Um, but so I was looking for a reprieve of, of sorts, and um, on my Twitter feed, there was a lot of talk regarding GCW World, which was the the pay-per-view um, from this past weekend, and the card looked so insanely great, I'm like, okay, let me give this a shot. So, let me, let me explain to you where my frustration begins. So, because I have, I've never ordered GCW before or used the Fight TV app, this thing was an absolute cluster to figure out. Never? You've never used the Fight app? No. Oh, I, I, used, to, I used to watch ROH on there. Which, well, I, and I didn't need to because I, I live in ROH's backyard. No, no, I know. I'm saying like because uh, we didn't, we don't, we don't really get our age here. We we get it on Sunday nights at 11 p.m. <laughs> which well, doesn't I'm, really help. I don't know who I don't know who's watching that. Unless you have your trusty DDR set up, right? And why would I record a show that's probably like a week old when we already recorded the podcast uh, on that Wednesday of that week? Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but so, so I was, I was very excited, especially after reading some of the uh, lead up to it, and um, you know, watching some of the video packages talking about some of the matches. So I'm like, yeah, hey, let, let me give this a shot. So I go through this whole thing to try to set up the app. I finally get the app set up. 
Then it won't let me play the pre-show because it's it's saying rest, um, restart the feed or whatever the fuck. Uh-oh. I did that so many times, but it still wasn't showing me the pre-show. So I'm like, oh, fuck. If I pay $25 for this motherfucker and I can't even watch this, I'm going to be really pissed off. So about 15 minutes um, through the the match that officially opened the show which was the grab the brass ring ladder match the 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 feed finally comes back on my tv and we're and we're good so i was quite pleased with that because at least i didn't waste my money from that perspective but jesus christ that was about the highlight of my evening watching gcw my friend because holy shit you know Outside of two of these matches, this show completely sucked. All right. Um. So are are we gonna do the pre-show as well, or just the main show? Just the main show because okay. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the pre-show. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you. I I kind of sort of watched it. I was like, I was laying down on my bed. I had the TV on. I was watching it. And then for some reason, and then I kind of like zoned out and I just let it play in the background because I don't know, I I tried with this show, but I could, just couldn't do it. I'll tell you what, I also watched the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame that took place. How was that? That was more entertaining than this show. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me I based mean, on what I saw from GCW. Yeah, Holy. Yeah, we had, we had a, a announcer, Dave Prezak, went in. He was inducted by, I believe, CM Punk. Uh, we had Sherry Lynn was inducted, Lufisto. And I can't remember uh, the other ones, but that was uh, more entertaining than the show itself. Absolutely. And I've never seen Lufisto. I've only ever heard of her. Have you heard of her? Yes, I have, but I'm I'm much in the same boat as you. I don't know if I ever saw her wrestle. Yeah, she, uh, she's from Montreal, I believe. But uh, yeah, I've never seen any of her matches. I just I just only ever heard the name. Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you, she she got off lucky because she didn't have to appear on this show. You know, I, oh, that's and, another thing. Uh, X Pac was at the Hall of Fame as well. Well, yeah, he and actually his appearance was one of, was one of the very few things I enjoyed. Um, you know, I just let me let me break this down. So, for, so first yeah. Of all, so you know, what, hold on. So rather than I just go point for him, why don't you take the our listeners through the show and tell them exactly how much it sucked. Yeah, so I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna do that this time because because if I went through the high points and low points, it, it would be a five no, minute no, review no, and then it. Actually, done. you know what? I did see the pre-show. If you want me to just uh, give you the winners of the two matches that took place, absolutely. Go ahead. So on the pre-show, we had a battle royal that went 16 minutes one second. That was won by Big Vin. In that uh, battle royal, we had B-Boy, Brandon, Kirk, Charles Mason, Cole, Radrick, Dustin Thomas, Hoodfoot, 
Chennai Kai, Juicy Finale, Lufisto was in there, uh, Psycho Clown, Thunder Rosa was there, and a whole lot more. They, okay, all right, I'm about to have a cardiac arrest. Oh, no. Okay, you mean to tell me that they had Thunder Rosa in the motherfucking building and they didn't put her on the (laughs) pay-per-view? Thunder Rosa on the Battle Royal, on the The pre-show. The fuck is Brent Waterdale thinking? Go on. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, in the the second uh, kickoff show match, we had Grim Reefer defeating Alex Zane, Dante Leon, Jack Hartwheel, Ninja Mac, and Shane Mercer in a six-way scramble. That went 7 minutes 54 seconds. Yeah, well, that surprises me because G. G Raver was also in the opening match. The opening ladder match. Cause he Sorry, no, no, no. I, I said Grim Reefer. Oh, okay. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> Still the same. They sound similar, so whatever. Okay, go ahead. Take take it from there. Okay. Where do we have? So, first off, this match was an absolute clusterfuck. Where, 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 where was the grab the wrestling match? I, 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 don't, I don't know, Elio. Where were they grabbing? Literally, they had this brass circular thing that they took off the fucking, you know, chain that was that was above what? the ring. You know, I, I, I am so, I am so beyond tired of these lame WWE cheap shot innuendo. What things. the fuck? That that's it, You know what? It, it kind of. All all of these pot shots that are taken at WWE, and believe me, I'm no stranger to pot shots, so I've taken some of them myself, um, you know, at WWE for good reason. You know, I'm not saying WWE doesn't have things to criticize. I mean, we've made a we've made a career out of criticizing WWE on this show, uh, and for good reason, like I said. But the thing is. When it's just like so obvious that like the name of a match is a shot at WWE, Grab the like shut the fuck ring. up. <laughs> but, but anyway, so once I figured out what a grab the brass ring ladder match was, I'm like, okay. Wow. So then part of part of my issue was I legitimately did not know. Uh, the majority of the competitors in this match. Well, hold on. Um, um, Alex Colon. That's not... That's not what? Part of the Colon's family? I... I don't know. If, if, he, if he is, they didn't say shit about it. Let me, um... Let me look that up. Actually, that's a good question. I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna look that up uh, during one of your uh, segments, just so I can get through this. Um, um and, uh, hold on. You, you, okay, you don't know Jordan Oliver. You never heard of him? No. Okay, Jordan Oliver is an MLW PCO. You have to know that guy. Yes, yeah, so I know yeah. PCO. Yeah. I'm, uh, I. I and, know, and, and, and I know Tony Deppen. That's about it. Yes, I, yes, I'm aware of Tony Devin because I saw him at the Ring of Honor show the last one I was just at. 
Okay. You know, I can't even describe this match other than two distinct spots I remember. Um, G, G Raver absolutely uh, sandwiched uh, Clone between two ladders upon which he stacked a, another table and then and then proceeded to um, execute an awesome bomb from the ring onto the ladder which fell on the floor. But, but so that looked brutal. But one one um, one of these spots was just so uh, rookie that um, oh, I, no. I, 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 want, I I can't see who it was because this is not a full. Uh, right up on the show that uh, that I'm looking at. But one of them, he went to jump off a ladder and he, and he like, tripped and fell, but he wasn't even, like, that high. It was, like, literally maybe a few inches off the ground. So some, of, some of these people didn't look too good. And then uh-huh. um, uh, PCO had one particularly uh, nasty-looking spot. Um, but other other than that, this match was completely missable because, and and largely, I have to confess that w- that was because of my lack of knowledge over the competitors. However, I I will honestly say that this was one of the worst ladder matches I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. So um, w- then we got to a good match. I really enjoyed this. It was a. Uh, uh, a, a six-man match featuring Bandito, yep. uh, who who was the um, Ring of Honor champion. I think he still is, if if Ring of Honor still exists in some capacity. That's yet to be seen. Then we have Laredo Kid and some uh, some Nunzio knockoff called Ace ASF. No. no. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> Seriously, like, like the character is a knockoff of Nunzio, like the FBI? That's what it seemed like to yeah. me. Jesus. Okay, go on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm sure that wasn't the intention, but that's, how, that's sure as hell how it came off. Um, versus um, uh, Demonic Flamita, also from Ring of Honor, a guy named Gringo Loco. I know Gringo Loco. He was in MLW. Well, let me tell you, that name is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed hearing the announcer say Gringo Loco. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that in here without getting shot? Okay. <laughs> um... But yeah, this this match was was uh, really good. Okay. Um, they uh, it, it was it was very much based in uh, like the lucha libre style, which is obviously my favorite style of wrestling. So mm-hmm. um, obviously, I'm going to um, I'm going to gravitate toward this. Um, and honestly, this match played off really well in, in this particular um, in this particular venue because we were in the Hammerstein Ballroom, and I got to tell you, um, the the venue was set up fantastically. 
the the audience looked great the building looked great um the lighting sucked but from what i can actually see um the building itself looked great um and then so if i would say if you're gonna go back and watch um two matches watch this one and then the next one i'm about to talk about Okay. So, uh, originally, uh, Blake Christian, a.k.a. Trey Baxter from NXT, uh, was scheduled to compete against uh, former Ring of Honor competitor Jonathan Gresham. And I've actually seen Jonathan Gresham several times, um, and he is absolutely fantastic. So, I was quite disappointed when I when I realized that he was not going to be on the card. But then here comes Leah Rush. Fresh off of the announcement that Leah Rush is not going to have his uh, AEW contract renewed when it runs out in February because he shot off his mouth about something that had nothing to do with him. Uh, Leo Rush seems to to be making a career out of pissing people off. I'm not going to get b- back into it because I'm just not in the mood to go on too many rants tonight. Sorry to say. Um, but th- having said that, um, I, I find Leo Rush to be a very, um, very great professional wrestler. And um, like I said, he was originally scheduled, Leah Rush was, for the Grab the Brass Wing ladder match. Oh, no. Um, but his replacement, AJ Gray. Oh, that was, that was his replacement? Yeah, his replacement, oh. AJ Gray, who was not originally in the match, obviously, because he's replacing a guy, duh. But, but they had AJ Gray win the match. So what was the plan before, you know, you know, like what the, you know, you have to stop and think about these things for a minute. Um, but yeah, this was, this was absolutely the best, uh, the, the best thing on this show. Um, I mean, what, what an absolute treat of a match. I mean, the chemistry between these two was, was unbelievable. And after, after this, after this match, I'm thinking, why the fuck did NXT release this guy? Oh, yes, because Nick Khan and company are fucking morons. Uh, and, and, and that was pretty damn obvious to be the case in the case of Blake Christian. Um, and then, And then that was the last good thing on this show because the next two hours were a complete... Fucking waste of money and my time. Holy shit. Oh no. Okay. Before you go on, I was, I heard about the the, the Macron on the spot where he wore a, a jacket that said fuck McFoley. Oh yeah. Well, everyone was talking about him like, okay, well, what, what did McFoley do to him? Well, no, that that's just part of the a part of the gimmick. I'm sure Matt has no problem with Mick Foley, to yeah. my knowledge. But that was that was all part of the, the gimmick because, oh, okay. um, if you recall, um, 
Matt Cardona was actually the GCW world champion for a time. Okay. Um, because he he was the one that actually beat Nick Nick Gage for it, and oh, I I didn't actually see the show, but I saw it online, and then um, then when uh, Matt Cardona won the thing in a death match, um, the whatever facility it was being held at, the you know there was a damn near riot that ensued. Oh, wow. So before I get into the match, let me explain this uh, background because this might sound a little familiar to you. Okay. Um, so the whole gimmick thing going into the match was that um, Joey Janela had um, had pictures a la Ric Flair and uh, Miss Elizabeth um, insinuating that he was having a uh, sexual encounter of sorts. Um, with, no. with, with uh, Chelsea Green. Um, and then, <laughs> so that was, that was the, uh, that was the entire setup for this match. What the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so the insinuation was that Chelsea Green was cheating on Matt Cardona with the, uh, with the bad boy. Uh, Joey Janela here, but yet, uh, yet Matt still came out to the ring with Chelsea Green in tow. So already you're seeing that this shit's not really making the most sense. Um, and, and then I'll tell you what, this thing very quickly, this thing wasn't a wrestling match. This thing was a clown show <laughs> masquerading as a wrestling match. Because, let me run down the list of, of run-ins slash appearances that we had here. Oh, oh, one well, before you do, is this the part with Hornswoggle or something? We're, we're getting there, don't you? Okay, no, 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 I might interject, because I don't know what happened. I, I, I was going to say, I want you to explain what happened there when we okay. get to that part. Go on. Okay, very good. So, so... First, we have an appearance by Vince McMahon. <laughs> I, saw I saw that. You're like, what the fuck? Vince McMahon on a GCW show? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. It was it was Vince McMahon. But no, it, was, it wasn't it was Vince. Oh, no. It was Virgil oh, and Vince McMahon. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> so then... Then we so we have that, and then before that we had Smart Mark Sterling, who apparently is managing uh, Matt Cardona now. Whatever the fuck, I don't know. Mark Sterling, that's uh, Jade Cargill's lawyer. A, 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 exactly. So okay. If Mark Sterling was managing um, the former Zack Ryder, then then why not just tend to Rick? But no, we have we have Virgil, we have Smart Mark Sterling, we have uh, we have Marco Stunt, oh my God. and a and, oh oh, and b- before any of that, we have we have Hornswoggle emerging from under the ring. Oh, only to be attacked by the most disgusting fat fuck I've ever seen. What? 
by the name of Sam Stackhouse. Good wait, God. wait, what? What? Say the name again. Sam Stackhouse. What the fuck? He is the most disgusting looking <laughs> creature. I, you know, it's like, ugh, holy shit. Let me, let me, let me look this up for you. So let me see if I can send you a picture of this uh, encounter that that is taking place during what's supposed to be a wrestling match. Well, I know, I, I saw when he, when he uh, did that splash onto Hornswoggle. Uh, I, 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 I thought Hornswoggle's innards were going to, you know, have an issue. But holy God. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's gross. It's oh. just... Even, even worse than Bastion Booger. Uh, it was just about. <laughs> I got. I mean, literally, brother. I. This is this is terrible. Oh god! Wow. Uh, I'll I'll send you one later. But oh okay, my yeah. god! Oh. I mean, this is just. Ugh. And then um, and then we have. As if that couldn't couldn't get any worse. Then we have uh, Exoc Waltman hit, hitting the ring to make the save because because guess who came out on behalf of Matt Cardona? It was his best friend in real life. Kurt Hawkins. I was about to. I was just thinking that Kurt Hawkins. Yes, but it wasn't just Kurt Hawkins. Oh God! It, it was. It was an exact replica. I shit you not. A, an exact replica of Edge from from uh, ECW One Night Stand 2006. That's how. Um, Kurt Hawkins came out to the ring. He, he was in the the motorcycle helmet, the long black jacket, and he takes out um, Joey Joey Janela with a spear through through a table, exactly the way Edge did it. What, is, go- the- what is going on? Oh God! And then and then, <laughs> and then after the match takes place, we have. X-Pac Waltman, of all people, uh, making the save. Why does he give a shit about, um, uh, about Joey Janela? I don't know. And, and then here, com- here comes, uh, a- after this, here comes Mance Warner. Oh, Mance Warner. Have you, have, you ever, hold on, have you ever seen that guy? Yes. He actually cut a good promo. What do you think of uh, Mentor? Like, have you ever... You, you say you've seen some of his matches. I've, I think I've seen one. I, I like the guy. Yeah, he's got that Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, character trait. Yeah, absolutely. So then, then this entire this entire thing ends because... Uh, Pantera starts playing... On the loudspeakers, and I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, is Rob know. Van Dam gonna come out here? I'm just thinking that. I'm thinking, what's going on? But no, it was, 
It was Sabu and Bill Alfonso. Oh my but, god, but I, what? I'm, I'm like, okay. <laughs> what the? I'm like, clarify this for me, because I know Sabu and RVD have history, but but with their feud, why would why would Sabu and Bill Alfonso come out to his theme song? Oh my god. So this, this whole thing was a clusterfuck. <laughs> And what's even more of an embarrassing clusterfuck, was it, I mean, was it fun? Was it entertaining? Yes. Was it a wrestling match I would re- recommend you go see? Fuck no. It was embarrassing from that regard. Oh, my God. Uh, absolutely, incredibly embarrassing. Um, and what's even more embarrassing is the fact that this website that I'm using to run down this review gave this clusterfuck an A+. Oh, shut up. Shut the fuck up, you stupid fucking clown. I don't... And, okay. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they build this next match um, as a dream encounter. And once again, folks, I I have to reiterate to you that maybe I'm maybe I'm just out of the loop, and maybe maybe at some point in the in the distant future I'll give GCW another shot because at this point I was unfamiliar with the product, and part of me was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" you know, I, I wasn't familiar with some of the competitors in the earlier match. I just 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 discussed. So overall, I was I was dealing with a lot because I'm like, what the fuck was this Matt Cardona thing going on here? And then and then here comes the, the next thing. Uh, like I said, build it as a dream encounter, and I couldn't even tell you who this lady was. It was, her name was Allie Ketch, and I've never heard of her, but... Allie uh, Ketch. They... Ketch with a K. Yep. Um, and before the match took place, there was this whole video package on Allie Ketch, and how she always wanted to wrestle Ruby Soho, so that match is taking place next. Uh, and, um... You know, it was it was a it was a it was a match. I couldn't. I mean, it was it was decent. Obviously, it's going to be decent when you have Ruby Soho involved. But it was just completely um, predictable that Ruby Soho was going to get the victory. So that wasn't offensive. I I can, I can deal with that because that was a legit wrestling match. I wish I could say the same for the majority of what the fuck happened next. <laughs> This may very well be one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in a, a professional wrestling ring. Um, Elio, have you ever heard of a wrestler by the name of Effie? No. Okay. Well, then I apologize to you ahead of time. Because I, I have to describe this individual to you. Oh, no. And... Ladies and gentlemen, we we have seen flamboyant gimmicks before. Uh, we have seen gay characters before in professional wrestling. 
Uh, you know, and the best way I can describe Effie to you. Imagine Dalton Castle in a trailer park doing crack cocaine. Oh, no. That was Effie. Oh, and, and did I, uh, did I mention he was uber gay because he came out and named Fishnets and that was his wrestling attire? Okay. So, so already I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And had I not seen this in the pre-match video package, because every match had a video package, otherwise I would have been lost for words as to what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> but, um, but Jeff Jarrett is here at GCW to wrestle... Effie. Now, okay, I'm sorry, I was ben, confused. Ben, uh, sorry, Ben. I just looked this guy up. So apparently, he, apparently, he was in ROH. Well, I I missed that. Thank Christ. Uh, November 14, twenty twenty one, ROH Honor for All. He teamed up with AJ Gray, and they lost to the Briscoe Brothers. Well, good. good. I, I, I wish the Briscoe Brothers had beaten the crap out of them so he could not grace my television. The Briscoe Brothers at that time were the GCW Tag Team Champions. Yes, and, and they lost those titles uh, later on in the evening, which I'll get into in just a little bit. Okay. But, um, but honestly, dude, like... I, I believe that Jeff is still associated and still works for WWE. I believe so. Okay. Well, he, he did make an appearance on SmackDown. Well, he, uh, yeah. And, and so if he's, if he's still under contract, because I know he got released as part of the part of one, some of the cuts, but then they bought him back. So I don't know if he's back in the same capacity or what, but... It, if he is still under contract with WWE, I don't know how they allowed this. Okay. Now, now, let me explain to you what was particularly offensive about this match. And, and you know me. I am not the, uh, the PC, please pardon the pun, the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I get it, you fucking nerds. But my, my point is... There's not a lot in terms of uh, gratuitous uh, language or or content that's going to piss me off in the context of professional wrestling. I was proven wrong. Uh-oh. Because at one point in this match, well, before, before I go into that, let me, let, let me just say what honestly made me laugh. Okay. So Jeff Jarrett is entering this match as the last outlaw, Jeff Jarrett. Okay. <laughs> no, you're going to call I thought him the, I thought the Undertaker was the last outlaw. Uh, well, I know, but appara- apparently, apparently uh, Undertaker needs to sue uh, Jeff Jarrett for gimmick infringement because that's exactly what Jeff came out looking at. He came out looking like a Walmart knockoff version of The Undertaker. Um, and I find it funny that Jeff Jarrett, of all people, would be considered the last outlaw because he's like the company 
schnage of all company schnages that I've ever seen in my entire life, not named Vince Russo. He's, I mean, he's a fucking, uh, you know, I, I don't have an issue with Jeff Jarrett, but let's, let's, he's the most corporate of all corporate, most, you know, wrestling figures, you know, ever. I was just thinking about this yesterday. Yeah. Vince Russo walking out to Iron Man is an insult to the Road Warriors. Well, exactly, it is. I mean, good God. But um, but what particularly got me completely pissed off and taken out of the match, the match was bad enough if this hadn't happened, but at one point, Effie gets down on his knees and, and sticks out his tongue and, and, you know, wiggles it around in a provocative fashion um, a, as if he wants to perform some sort of action on Jeff Jarrett, which... Uh. <laughs> which, which I did not want to see. But at this point, the crowd is, which, which honestly almost made me turn the whole pay-per-view off. Uh, they were chanting, suck his dick. So I was like, what the fuck is this? Is this is this some sort of... Some sort of <laughs> what is going on right now? What is going on right now? You know, this this must be the same kind of bullshit that Jim Cornette warns us about in his podcast. Ben, what world are we in living in right now? I I not one that I want to be in, let me tell you. That. <laughs> um and then this is one of the matches that made me buy the show because up next we have um the I have a question. I have a question, though. Yeah. Which title is more important, the GCW World Heavyweight Championship or the Tag Team Championship? Well, you would think it'd be the the world title. That was my because I, I, I thought I, I was expecting this to be the main event. Well, so was I. <laughs> okay, go uh, on. So was I, but apparently, apparently, they were running into some uh, time management problems in. Uh, in GCW this night um, because that was not the main event. Um, as a matter of fact, it was the co-main event. Now, now you have to you have to understand some 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 history here and why I was so disappointed uh, with this match. Obviously, this is uh, this is. Um, Part of uh, John Moxley's return week mm-hmm. um, because he had just come back to AEW the previous Wednesday. Um, this was supposed to be a big deal for him. I can only imagine that, that Tony Khan must have had something to do with this, and I don't mean that in, in a negative fashion. It's just that this match was almost non-existent uh, in, in the fact that it was... I mean, it was a fight, sure, but it was nowhere near the knockdown, dragout brawl that you would have you would have expected. It. And, and this mother and this motherfucker that is responsible for writing this review that I'm looking at is calling this fucking magical. He called the aerial shot, and I quote, the aerial shot of AEW star and former WWE champion John Moxley holding the GCW title 
in the middle of a sold-out ballroom was magical and a testament to everything the promotion has been able to accomplish in the 20 years since its inception. What the fuck are you talking about? You stupid motherfucker. I can't believe what I'm seeing here. Okay, this is, you said this is a cool main event. They gave this more time than they gave to the main event, which is well, yeah, which well, is listed as 528. Um, yeah, this was uh, the, yeah, this was not this was not good. So, um, like I said, uh, Moxley versus Homicide was was very disappointing. Um, in that, you know, you turn around, you blink, and you miss it. Because, and I think, I think it was because Tony Khan is trying to protect Moxley for his upcoming battle with Brian Danielson, which I assume will take place at Revolution. Uh, we'll get more into the, um, into that once I catch up on what's going on with, um, with uh, Rampage tonight. It should be noted, ladies and gentlemen, that we're missing SmackDown. Trust me, you're you're not making me upset with that. But we're missing SmackDown in order to bring this uh, bring this show to you in, um, in, in time to get it up before um, the Royal Rumble actually takes place yes, tomorrow night. We will not be doing a show tomorrow night. We will be busy watching the Royal Rumble. Yes, and and. and Barring, barring any inclement weather, which I'm, which I'm going to be very pissed off if my plans end up getting canceled uh, tomorrow because my nephew and my best friend are scheduled to um, to come over to watch the the rumble, and I haven't oh. seen them since July. So if inclement weather forces them to cancel, I'm going to be one pissed off, disabled son of a bitch. Oh. And you're going to see some very entertaining antidotes take place with a wheelchair. Um, you know, some very fascinating forms of violence. Let's just put it that way. So um, I can, and my my entire rant there was much more entertaining than this main event. Because it was, it was supposed to be this huge deal, okay, of who's going to challenge the Briscoe brothers. Well, it was Nick Gage. And his murder, death, kill gang all fucking day. I, you know, maybe it's just me, but I don't understand the appeal of of um, of um, the Gage. MDK. I, I mean, I, I get it with um, with Nick Gage, the person, because um, that's a fascinating story based on what I heard from Dark Side of the Ring, but. I don't know. Is it is it a gang that he invented, or is it an actual gang, or is it just a collection of fans and he calls them that? I'm not really sure. What is it? Murder, death, gang. Murder, death, kill, gang. Murder, death, kill, gang. And, and I'm not being I'm not being a smartass or or dismissive toward Nick Gage. I'm just wondering if if that's an actual gang or if. He just calls his his fans by that moniker. I, legitimately, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, because from what I've from what I gathered from Dark Side of the Ring, it's an actual organization. But I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, but yeah, th- th- this was completely disappointing because because he. Gage's tag team partner was somebody I've never even heard of. 
by the name of, uh, I believe it was Mark Tremont. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd never even heard of him. I was, I was half expecting FTR to come out and have this epic encounter, but apparently not. This this whole thing was not uh, handled properly um, because they had um, they had um, encountered some serious timing issues where they had to get off the air. So the mat the match ended quickly, and then um, Gage um, Gage. Um, was the one to send the fans home happy with, with his regular shtick about the MDK gang. Now, now this is very uh, confusing to me based on what I'm reading because um, either either Bleacher Reporter just full of fucking marks and, and stupid motherfuckers, or they they are literally high off their ass on something because. Listen to the last line of this review. Uh, you know what? No, I'm 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 going to review this, this whole thing. So, this is about Nick Gage addressing fans at the end of the night. So it says. And then hold on, before when, when you do AEW, I'm going to have a question for you about one of the matches that, and it has to do with Bleach Report as well. One. Yeah, no worries. So it says here, um, Gage addressing the fans in his recent hiatus was important. I didn't hear anything about a hiatus, but nonetheless. Uh, and, and, and the in-ring celebration with the stars of the company was a nice touch. It was very ECW, uh, One Night Stand 2005-esque. You know, when, uh, when, um... When Eric Bischoff was 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 put in a dumpster by the Dudley Boys, that's what it looked like at the end of the is night. It, is, that, is that where they uh, raided the Hammerstein Ballroom and uh, they were sitting in the balcony? Eric Bischoff and Money at Raw. Yeah. So so the fact that the fact that TCW had this moment and, and they happened to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom, it was very reminiscent. And, and this speech by Nick Gage was very reminiscent of. Of what we saw um, at uh, ECW One Night Stand 2005, but I digress. It's just so I can paint the picture for you. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so he he goes. Even if the in-ring action in the night's main event did not live up to expectations, which it didn't, it sucked. The <laughs> last two, the last two matches especially sucked. But anyway, um. So even if the in-ring action in the night's main event did not live up to expectations, the star of the promotion and the man most responsible or most synonymous with it got his moment in front of the largest audience in Hammerstein Ballroom history. For a guy who has quite literally given his blood, sweat, and tears for GCW, Gage being the last wrestler we saw as the show went off the air was as... This is this is the line that, that that really pisses me off. Okay. Because because so far what they're saying about Nick Gage is true. He is the face of GCW, and this is a nice moment for him. I'm I take nothing away from what GCW was doing with this moment, but this is the line that pissed me off. For a guy who has literally 
given his blood, sweat, and tears for GCW. Gage being the last wrestler we saw as the show went off the air was as fulfilling as a seven-star match from the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit. You need me to repeat myself. Did you hear how ridiculous that sounded coming out of my mouth? Oh my god, that was that was bad. I- as fulfilling as a seven-star match. Is there such a thing? From the Tokyo Dome, you mean, I mean, no disrespect to Nick Gage, but, you know, oh my god, this is bad reporting by a bleacher report, holy shit. Yeah, this, um, you asked me, if, if you were to ask me if I were to, were to order another a GCW show based on what I saw tonight, I would tell you you're absolutely fucking out of your mind. Uh, uh, and, and like I said, um, the Hall of Fame was more entertaining than uh, the show. Like, this, sh- this show was bad, ladies and gentlemen. And coming into this, I was excited for this show. I had heard very good things about... Um, about GCW in in the, in the past and you know, I, I, yeah and I, and I went in I went into this uh, like we were ready to like give this a chance and like get something fresh that I've never seen before. Well, and and unfortunately, I think what happened here, yes, they had time management issues, which really took away from the last from the tag match especially. Um, but um, they also kind of, um, if you're going to have a main event, it needs to be your world title, not the world tag team title. So that's another yeah. mistake. Um, but but the, biggest, the, the biggest thing was um, they missed their opportunity because of, of time mismanagement to really make a statement about what GCW was to a larger audience. I still can't believe that, that Matt Cardona match. That's like WCW 1998 stuff. Well, well, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't insult WCW 98 in that fashion. I would call it WCW 2000 or 2001. Actually, yeah, even that, that makes more sense, yeah. I'm saying like, um, I'm saying how they used to overbook their endings. Oh my god. This thing was the embodiment of overbooking. Um, and, um, t- you know, to Brett Lauderdale's cr- uh, credit, he released a statement saying that he was uh, disappointed with the show, and even though it was financially the most successful show and whatever, and they broke all these records for the promotion, you know, I just, I just have to tell you, like, I would be willing to give GCW another shot because, you know, I don't think that this was particularly um, the best showing as to what the company is. Um, but I found something out afterwards that kind of kind of had me confused as to why this show took place 
in the Hammerstein ballroom. Oh. Now, obviously, it makes sense from a lot of different ways because GCW is, is trying to be this generation DCW, which, based on what I saw, that was the impression that I got, which, which, which is a mistake for anyone to try to duplicate uh, ECW, but that's the style and the fan base they're going after. Yep. Um, which, which, from a stylistic standpoint, and trying to get that different audience, I'm not, I'm not blaming them for that. I'm just saying, trying to duplicate ECW is not going to happen. Um, but, the, but the the thing here was, um, you know. The, the New York State Athletic Commission was is was very um, was very limiting in what they could do in terms of death matches, and that's one of the staples of of GCW. Apparently, is is the death match. They do a lot of those. Um, is somewhat reminiscent of of, of CCW as well. Um, which apparently took away from some of the action of the night since New York was saying, no, 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 we're not doing that shit tonight. So maybe that was a mistake to, to book the Hammerstein Ballroom from that perspective. But I just think in terms of like having all sorts of, of new eyes on your product, this was a swing and a miss for, for the company. And like, look, I want... GCW to be successful. I think, I think they have potential, but based on what I saw last uh, um, last weekend, outside of the trios match at Blake Christian versus Leah Rush, this this show was a complete clusterfuck. And the other thing. The other thing that I noticed, and you're probably going to laugh at me considering how much I curse on this podcast, Elio. Okay. But the other thing that turned me off about it was, you know, every other word the commentators had to say was fuck, 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 and fuck. Yeah, I mean, said, they actually said that on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, they, wow. they said... They said fuck so many times. If you play a drinking game with that, you would have been dead. Uh, but but they also but in addition to fuck, you know, because I say fuck, you know, like like another person drinks water. I'm not I'm no stranger to the word fuck. I have no problem with that. But it's just you know, if you're trying to get me to take your promotion seriously and you have your your um, commentators and your ring announcers saying fuck like it's going out of style. But then they were also using language like cocksucker and this, that, and the other thing. I'm Whoa, like, what? What the fuck? You know, so that turned me wow. off. That, <laughs> wow. That, that, that turned me off. Because I never heard ECW use the word cocksucker. I never heard... Um, Joey Styles cuss unless it was for a specific reason. But you never heard um, Joey Styles saying fuck this or cocksucker that or blah blah blah. You know, and this was ECW in the 90s for fuck's sake and that, was not, that wasn't necessary for Joey Styles to do. So yeah, the, the commentators were really pissing me off. Um, it was very distracting to tell you the truth. 
But yeah, um, you know, Blake Christian versus Leo Rush is definitely worth a look, and the trios match was awesome as well. But the rest of it was a like just a gigantic disappointment to tell you the truth. Speaking of uh, gigantic, what is usually I should say, what usually is a gigantic disappointment is Monday Night Raw, ladies and gentlemen. But I have to say, um, and I think I said this two months ago or so, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm so happy to be able to say this. A lot of the in-ring action from Monday Night Raw was very, very good this past Monday. Um, So I will um, pass it over to Elio because I need to take a break and my voice box needs a little reset. So, uh, Elio, why don't you help me out while I take a sip of Mountain Dew? All right. So for for Monday Night Raw, yeah, this was very a very enjoyable show. And I'm going to run through my uh, high points, and uh, there are quite a few of them. Absolutely. Actually, I'm going to start off with my low points because uh, those ones are, there's only about four, and I'm going to start with a weigh-in. Why are we starting one in row with a weigh-in? Well, yeah, this was, this was a... This was a giant waste of time. This yeah. was this was not necessary. What what I did like is that it didn't drag out. They, they cut it short. They but like, but even like, even so, yeah, you don't need something no. like a weigh-in to sell Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. And also, have the six woman tag match where was another low point, and uh, the Alexa Bliss segment and Maurice's birthday. That that was a terrible way to end Raw, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, my low point, or I should say, my low points were um, the Alexa Bliss segment, and of course the uh, Maurice birthday segment. Mm-hmm. I just, I honestly, I don't like what they're trying to do with the match. The grit couple versus the it couple. It's just stupid as fuck. It, it, it really is. And, and, no, and no disrespect to Edge or Beth Phoenix, because I really like both of those. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's, not a, it's not a good look for two Hall of Famers to be in this situation. And it's not even a good look for a Miz. And, and you know... The Miz is tailor-made for bullshit like this, and and he really shouldn't be because he actually is a very good professional wrestler. But I mean, his persona is tailor-made for bullshit like this. But I still hate it. And here we go, my uh, high points. And first of all, we have Damian Priest and Kevin Owens. Yes, sir. Then we have Randy Orton and Chad Gable. Absolutely. And Austin Theory, AJ Styles. You nailed every single one of my high points, my friend. I have to to also give a high point to the academic challenge. That was so hilarious. I didn't like that. No, no, you know what? You know what? Okay, it was a spelling bee. I liked it because Chad Gable is so funny on the mic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. But... Yeah, everything. Shush. 
The shush! Exactly. <laughs> Scared me there for a minute. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, he's mimicking Chad Gable. I thought you were having some sort of uh, breakdown. Uh, on the other side of the microphone. So, so yeah, that, that was, uh, I have to give that up, uh, because just, just for, like, Chad Gable, it's, like, just funny on Mike. He's so good on the mic. He's, like, he, he's, uh, uh, my promo skills and mic skills are really improved. Yeah, and, and, and shout out to him. Um, but the, uh, the number one highlight of the night for me, um, was, um, was, Austin Theory, AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, that was amazing. And we're gonna have, have to tell you about my theory about Austin Theory when we get to our Royal Rumble predictions. Yeah, well, I think I think we might be headed in the same direction there, um, but uh, you know. Let's just leave it at that with a cliffhanger to be continued. So, uh, what, go, go on. Let's move over to AEW Beach Break. Hold on, hold on. Before we do that, I've got NXT. There's really... I can't really give you any high points. It's more, mostly low points. I guess, I guess I'll go with Solo Sokoa versus Boa in a... In a street fight uh, was basically my high point. Everything else was just not good. Yeah, I especially mean, especially Tiffany Stratton versus Io Shirai. Come on. What are you? I mean, what are you doing to put Io Shirai in that situation? With Tiffany Stratton, she's I mean, not good. I and know. You know what? I know. Okay. It's not just the characters awkward. I wonder how she feels doing that character. She looks like she feels feels awkward just doing that. Well, I I'm not familiar with the character of Tiffany Stratton because I'm so not. So she like a daddy's girl type character. Okay, so like Charlotte Flair. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, all right. Well, I'm not impressed. Yeah, that, like that's like everything about it is just awkward. So you know what? Uh, Quick, quick run down there, and uh, let's move on to the AWB break. Well, I, actually, um, real quick, uh, look, let me take this opportunity to formally announce that uh, Elio and I have agreed that I am formally retiring from reviewing NXT 2.0 because I, I tried for the life of me to watch the show last week. Because, you know, we had recently had the discussion, okay, we're going to bring it back into the fold. Elio, I cannot stand this fucking show. I, I, I don't... Said why. I can understand why. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, like I, like I said a couple weeks ago, there are, there are competitors that I really, really like on that show, but in terms of a, in terms of a television presentation and what they're doing, I'm like, what the fuck is this? There's a takeover uh, uh, pay-per-view coming up. Oh, um, oh my god. Take, take, takeover Vengeance Day. Uh, oh, hold on, because because <clears throat> let me collect myself for a minute. 
Oh, okay. This because because you're I'm I'm feeling a rant bubbling up my esophagus as as I'm, I'm hearing this. Okay. We've we've had NXT take over Vengeance Day before. Okay, this is not the first time. However. I have a massive fucking problem I would like to bring to your attention, Elio. Oh, okay. Because WWE and Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, who are now in charge of NXT, God help all of us, they announced that TakeOver, the name, had been retired. They, they, oh, they oh, said oh. that before... You know, before, Uh-oh. before um, you know, N- NXT 2.0 went on the air. They said we're not doing the um, the takeovers. It's just it's just gonna be NXT and then whatever the pay per view is. That's why we had NXT War Games, not NXT Takeover War Games. Um, so if indeed they are bringing back the Takeover moniker, that is fucking disgusting. Because, you know, can somebody, you know, and and I know that I popped this question um, to you before on on the show, Elio, and I I really don't like being repetitive on on the podcast, but this bears repeating. Sorry, I'm mistaken. It's NXT Vention State, not TakeOver. Okay. NXT Vention State. Okay, my heart can settle down into its normal rhythm. I, I, I was about to, I, I was about to piss myself. Anyway, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, it's new jeans and everything. Came uh, last night. I look snazzy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, actually, no. These these jeans are remarkably comfortable. I will say, <laughs> but uh, but anyway. Um, Elio, can you explain to me what this current version of NXT is accomplishing that wasn't being handled marvelously from the original NXT point of view? I don't know, I think they're uh, giving the newer newer talent, um, like, an opportunity. This is what I can, uh, what I'm getting from it. Well, I thought that that was the entire purpose of the original NXT, but I I digress because I that's just uh, when I'm because I really don't know what their their whole thing is or what their well whatever whatever goal it is, I don't know what their goal here is that they're yeah. trying to accomplish. Yeah, well, whatever that goal might be, Vinny Mac, it ain't working, brother. You got to go back to the retirement home drawing board. So we, we, we have one match for Vengeance Day, and that's Carmelo Hayes versus Cameron Grimes for the North American Heavyweight Championship. Well, that's going to be a good match, though. But, you know, I'm, I'm just... My, my overall point, ladies and gentlemen, before I, you know, got off onto a rant, and I apologize... You know, I, I just can't do NXT anymore. I tried. 
I tried to I tried to be a good team player. I tried to help Elio. I said, you know, let's do this 50-50 thing. You do NXT one week, I'll do it the next. No, I'm sorry. I officially throw in the, the towel. Or uh, in this case, here. Here. What is going on? What is going on? <laughs> See this? Uh, yeah, uh, for K fans, Michael wants to show me a bottle of Mountain Dew. And he just threw the bottle of Mountain Dew in. That's his towel. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said, that's why I said, I'll take it over from here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> literally, I'm not doing this anymore. So let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, Beach Something break. that was largely enjoyable in that AEW beach break. Now, now, far be it for me to state the obvious here, um, but uh, as a Canadian, you should understand the concept of it being cold uh, in uh, in January. Yeah. Um, so why the fuck? Are we having AEW Beach Break in January in Cleveland, Ohio, of all months? <laughs> you couldn't do this in Florida where it's warm year-round, your home right. state, your home base of Florida? You, and, and, and what was killing me the entire evening was the commentary team was alluding to how cold it was in Cleveland. Um, well, somebody called Drew Carey because, holy shit, what is Beach Break doing in fucking January in Cleveland? Uh, something's missing there. You know, uh, my understanding is that... Uh, you know, this time of year in Florida, it's 60 or 70 degrees, you know? And AEW's home base is indeed Florida. Not Orlando, mind you, but Jacksonville. Um, but any, anyway, now, now, that, now that I've gotten that out of my system, uh, now... The first match of the night was the match of the night, hands down. Uh, uh, some of the spots that suplex off the ladder, that cutter. What that, was going on? That, that cutter, that match. cutter was sick. Oh, that, yeah, that's one. That was one of my my points. Because he, when you messaged me that about that ladder match, I didn't. I didn't. I saw your message. I just didn't answer because I I wasn't watching AEW. I watch it afterwards because I like to fast forward through the commercials. Yeah, well, I I do I do that with Monday Night Raw. So, but yeah, when I said I was watching this this morning, I was like, "What that match? That was definitely a high a high point for me." Um. Yeah, I mean, and and. Uh, I would even go as far to say is that is the best um, that is the best 
ladder match I've seen in probably two decades. Like, that was just really, really cool. Um, and then, and then, like, arguably the rest of the card didn't need to take place, and I know that sounds horrible, but in comparison, um, the, the rest of the card was, was disappointing. Um, Here's through no I... fault of their own, because next up we have... 2.0 and Daniel Garcia versus Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz. Was that the second match? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and Jericho proceeded to flip off the inner circle on his way out. So they're teasing some sort of dissension between them. Um, because, uh, because Eddie Kingston is, is, trying to insert himself between Proud and Powerful and Chris Jericho. Mm. Um, so, so the, th- the thing is, a- after this, we have Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet. I'm sorry. That will always be a low light because part of me for saying this, and this isn't intended for Layla Hirsch because I think she's very talented, but Red Velvet belongs nowhere near a, a professional wrestling ring. Holy Lord. And then here, here's the thing, right? So for the main event, they have a lights-out match. Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Well, first of all... This was my other high point. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. Now, my minor gripe is that they did not turn the lights out. So it wasn't a lights-out match. But anyway, um, so I heard a lot of people complaining about Orange Cassidy beating Adam Cole in this situation. Um... And to that, I I would I would offer this. If this had been a regular match, I would I would have said I absolutely agree with you. Orange Cassidy has no business beating Adam Cole in any capacity whatsoever. However, what makes it acceptable in this case is that it is a unsanctioned match. And it does not count toward anybody's record, so therefore Adam Cole is still technically undefeated in AEW, which allowed them to tell that story with Orange Cassidy and uh, Adam Adam Cole. And the other thing about this is... I I had expected it to be kind of a glorified um, squash match. I really did. I I expected Adam Cole to, to you know to just sweep the floor with Orange Cassidy, and the fact that he didn't and Orange Cassidy wrestled so, so well and 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 really made made me a believer in this situation. Credit to him, man, because you know this doesn't uh, this doesn't hurt 
Adam Cole at all, given what I just explained. And I wish the fucking IWC marks and morons would understand that and pay attention to stipulations before they shoot off their fucking mouth. Uh-oh. Is this something that you read on the internet? You know, I just... You know, what I just explained in less than 30 seconds why it was perfectly logical that Orange Cassidy get one up on Adam Cole. And I'm sure that the second somebody hears this, they're going to say, why are you... Why are you um, okay with with Adam Cole losing? He didn't lose, motherfuckers. Pay attention to the simulation. It's, un, it's, it's unsanctioned. I know. You know, and but and all over my Twitter feed was, oh my god, I cannot believe Orange Cassidy beat Adam Cole. Oh, what okay, the- that, that's why you're saying shut, shut up to the mark. <laughs> oh my god. I just, I, I don't understand it. They just make themselves look like the biggest assholes on God's green earth. Okay, okay. Not named Bruce Pritchard or Vince McMahon that I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, here's my question about one of the matches. Wardlow versus Elijah Jean and James Alexander, what would you give that match? I I didn't even care about it because it didn't matter. It was a low point. But I'm saying, like, yeah. right right now, what would you give it? I I would have given it a three. And that's because... No, like, let, I, no, no, letters. F. Bleach Report gave it an A. Why? Why? <laughs> You know, I understand what they're trying to do with Warblow. It's the, um, it's the, um, you know, gradual face turn because after the match, um, you know, um, MJF wanted Warblow to powerbomb people through at the table or whatever. But it's just like, you know, these squash matches for Warblow are getting old. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't mind the, the one, I think it was a few weeks back. But now, yeah, they're getting, they're really getting old and they really need to go somewhere with this fast. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully that'll all get wrapped up when, uh, when CM Punk and MJF have their final face-off, which I assume, logically, would be coming at Retribution. No, it's next week, MJF and uh, CM Punk. Oh well, you know, you know that's not going to be the case. I I I know that that's what's advertised, but you know that's not going to happen. MJ is going to worm, he's going to worm his way out of some shit. So they're they're gonna, like, so they're going to draw this out even longer than they already have. I I think so because I think I think CM Punk versus MJF is a pay per view match, not. Not a dynamite match. Okay. That's just my opinion. Right. Like I'm, I'm actually ex- excited to see the match because the the promos back back and forth between them are just gold. All right. So is that all we got for AEW? Absolutely. All right. So that is it for the shows for this week. A much shorter episode of uh, the podcast tonight because uh, it's Friday night and we're doing this at uh, eight p.m. Right as 
right as uh, SmackDown is going on the air, and of course, Rampage at 10. So, but, so um, we are going to move on to a retro Rumble review that uh, Mike Host uh, messaged me about earlier. And he thought we should review Royal Rumble 2007, so Ben, we see we can get into Royal Rumble 2007. Yes, and, um, you know, I... I have to tell you, obviously the Royal Rumble w- would be the selling point of, of of any of these pay-per-views, you know, hence the name, uh, duh. But, you know, this was, this was really um, a one-match show pretty much um, because, because the rest of it was, um, quite frankly, uh, very disappointing to me. Um, I, I, I was looking at the, the the rest of this, and actually, um, I don't know if it's just me or did the Rumble match itself feel a little odd and out of place, especially with numbers one and two. Yeah, I I, I, I found that very weird because um, to Elio's point, um, the first two entrants were Ric Flair and um, Fit Finley. That is very odd. Which was just very, um, very <laughs> off-putting. It was kind of uncomfortable to watch. Um, but having said that, the actual yeah. Rumble match I thought was very, very good. Okay. If, so, if, if not a little strange. Oh, hold on. No, we, uh, on the kickoff show prior to the Rumble, we had JTG defeating Lance Cade. Well, I, I didn't, I, I didn't see a kickoff, so I didn't see that. No, I guess it was a, no, it was a, like a dark match. I guess uh, before they had like kickoff shows. Yeah. So we had the first match. We had the Hardys defeating Eminem. And, and look, this was this was a good match. I'm not saying it wasn't, but it was quite uh, tame. Um, it, I don't think it was the quality at all to which you would expect from Nitro, Mercury, and the Hardy Boys. Now, admittedly, uh, the previous month um, at Armageddon, Joey Mercury had had his face smashed in. Uh, sorry, 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 say that again. At uh, which event? Armageddon 2006. Ooh, right, I remember that. Yeah, his, uh, they showed him his face was a mess, yeah. I mean, that was one of the most gruesome injuries I've ever seen. So, uh, you know, it would make sense for them to uh, to take it a little easy on Mr. Mercury um, tonight. But, um, you know, it was it was still a very solid match. I would I would rate it out of out of ten a six. Okay. And, um, uh, and, and look. I, I know that, that every red-blooded male, myself myself included, um, in, enjoys the sight of Melina uh, at ringside, and especially when she does those splits. I don't know how she does that. Damn. What? No, what? I, said, I, I don't know how she does that. I, I can't do that. <laughs> well, no, no. But, um I'm, uh, I'm not that flexible by a long shot. No, not at all. Like um, I, I've, I've had to do that when I was doing the therapy for my legs uh, after surgery, and yeah, <laughs> I can only go so far. 
No, well, well that's not. But if someone had tried to get me to do that after my surgery, I've been like, no. How about yeah. I sn- how about I snap your neck like a wishbone <laughs> and not my fucking leg, you fucking douchebag. Uh, just my thought. Um, but um, but yeah, this was um, this was this was okay. Not not fantastic, but um, still uh, very solid. And, and like 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 I like I was gonna say before um, before you uh, you brought up a good point. Um, you know I enjoy I enjoy Molina, but I hate it when she screams. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very distracting when I'm trying to watch a freaking match, and and really pay attention to it for the sake of, of reviewing it. Um, on a podcast, so that, that part I didn't enjoy. But other than that, not too shabby. Um, I, go on. I can't say the same for Bobby Lashley versus Tess. I was, this was, to, um, I was just about to say. Next was the ECW Championship. Go on. Um, by far and away, um, this was the low point of the evening. Ooh, okay. Now, I. I had expected this to be a little bit better, um, especially the way that they were hyping it, um, you know, and, and and saying this is the first time the ECW championship was defended at the Royal Rumble. But honestly, like, this match didn't have to exist at all because it was just awful. It was terrible. I don't recall Test ever being that bad in the ring. But holy shit. <laughs> I, I don't know if him and Lashley just weren't jiving that night or whatever the fuck. But some, something was just way off. I'm looking at the next two matches. Now, I don't have a problem with the... Well, I, well, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't done yet. And, oh, and, sorry. Oh, no problem. But, um... But the thing, the thing is, right? So in in the pre-match uh, um, video package, obviously Test is talking about how you know important the ECW Championship is and and whatever, whatever. That's generic crap. But given that they were really putting it over as important as you know the championship's first appearance on. Um, on the Royal Rumble, and Tess really wants to make a statement, and Bobby Lashley is a stud, and everybody can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, if if this championship is so important to Tess, why the fuck is he voluntarily taking a count-out loss? So, so any potential that that match had, and it, it was it was horrible from start to finish, but it was just completely killed. Uh, in terms of my ability to forgive it by the fact that Tess just walked out and, made, and was made to look stupid. Wow. Okay. Um, and then out next we have Batista versus Mr. Kennedy. This match confuses me. Where, 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 where have we ever seen Mr. Kennedy getting a heavyweight championship match? Well, 
You know, I, actually, when Mr. Kennedy debuted, I really thought he was on his way because if you if you can recall, around this time, maybe just a smidge later. Well, no, it would have to be before in the build-up because this was his first world title shot. Um, you know, Mr. Kennedy had beaten by hook or by crook six world champions. Okay. So they were really pushing him. And then, you know, he had uh, something something happened where he had, like, a falling out with John Cena or something, and, and that just put the kibosh in him. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this, I mean, it wasn't bad, but, every, like, everybody knows that there's no way in hell Ken Kennedy is going to defeat you know, 2007 Batista, for Christ's sake. I mean, good good God, 2007 Batista's like a fucking cheat code in a video game. You know, pardon the pun, SDR 2007. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah, this is kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. But the hidden gem of this entire pay-per-view that's not the, the Royal Rumble... Umaga versus John Cena in the last man standing match. Holy shit, this was good. Good God. This makes me wish that Umaga had actually, you know, lived a little... Obviously, I wish he was still alive today, but, um, you know, this makes me wish that Umaga had gotten a world title run because this was fantastic. Um, And, um... You know, but even even when I'm watching this really good match of of John Cena attempting to slay the monster, I couldn't help but get sad because I looked it up and I was reminded of the circumstances. And I actually found out some stuff I didn't know regarding um, Umaga's death because oh. I was too young at the time or whatever. Okay, um, but. Um, you know, he was only 36 when he died. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and apparently he had a bad heart, and, and you know, and, and that and the, and the drug use was really uh, taking a toll on him. Um, but but it's, just, it's just really sad because matches like this show you the potential that Umaga had. Because, one, he was a great wrestler, but, two... You know, to be this believable against a guy like John Cena and selling the fact that John Cena had a chance to kick this monster's ass. You know, this was a really awesome match. Um, so, if you haven't seen Royal Rumble 2007, I definitely, um, definitely recommend you take a look at this match. Um, though we should get into that one because uh, this some of the participants in this rumble. Yeah, some of it was a little bit off, but I anticipate I anticipate the women's rumble from uh, this upcoming weekend or tomorrow, I should say, to, to be the worst thing I've ever seen. But um, you know, before we get too upset about that, let's go over the 2007 Royal Rumble. All right. um, <clears throat> so I'm not going to go over the, this entire thing because it's just, um, 
it's too damn long. The thing actually went 56 minutes, and I just don't have the energy to do, uh, you know, 56 minutes worth of talking about a Royal Rumble. That was over two hours. <laughs> well, I'm us... just talking about the Royal Rumble match itself was 56 I know minutes. It... No, Jay, that would put us over two hours. Oh, okay. I, I misunderstood you. Yeah. I thought you said the pay-per-view itself was over two hours. No, no. That would put us, this podcast, over two hours if we do that. Uh, no. We're good. Um, so, as Elio said, it was kind of a weird decision to have Ric Flair and Fit Finley um, start at uh, one and two. Then in comes Kenny Dykstra, who had apparently chosen to, to pick a fight with uh, Ric Flair in the previous weeks. I don't know why. Maybe that's maybe that's why Kenny Dykstra didn't last long past being a fucking male cheerleader in WWE. That's just a thought. That, and he was engaged to Mickey James, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, and managed to fuck that up. Uh, I, 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 I don't know that. That's on a slate toward Kenny Dykstra, but I'm just I'm just saying he was once engaged to that woman. Yeah. And uh, and managed to to uh, put the kibosh on the engagement for some fucking reason. I don't know. But you know that's just me talking shit as a guy. Not I'm not taking shots at Kenny Dykstra because I don't know the situation. Um. Let's see, and then. Uh, Fast forwarding a little bit because uh, some of this was a little was a little too much. Uh, the final four was uh, MVP, um, Edge, uh, Randy Orton, and the Undertaker. Okay. Or I'm sorry, Undertaker, Edge, Orton, and Michaels. I think I think I said that, but just to make sure. Um, uh, so, so I found this really interesting considering that just a couple of years later, um, Undertaker and Michaels would go on to have the, you know, this epic, um, you know, two matches, you know, cause WrestleMania 25, well, that was my, my favorite, one of my favorite matches I've ever seen. I mean, I would argue the best WrestleMania match of all time for sure. Uh, at twenty five, so this was a this was kind of a cool little uh, uh, foreshadowing of that taking place, um, you know. And um, so the the ending of the match was uh, was fantastic um, because we we get. We get a, um, a a set of moves where um, Edge hits uh, Undertaker on the head with a with a chair shot. He goes to set up Taker for the concerto. Michaels comes back in, a big back body drop to Orton. And Orton eventually gets. Uh, sent out by Michaels, and then right after that, Michaels hits a super kick on Edge, and we're down to Undertaker versus Michaels. Um, so this was um, this was kind of reminiscent of the first 
Cell Mass in 97. Uh, for the young kids out there, if you haven't seen that match, please, please go watch that match. That is a that is a piece of mastery at work. Is that their first match they had the Hell in a Cell? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was at uh, In Your House from Louisville, Kentucky. Absolutely. And I actually knew that. Um, so, uh... I had never, you know, never seen that pay-per-view until, until like, a, we uh, reviewed it on a past episode of the show. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't either. I mean, I, I had seen the match before, but not the entire uh, mm-hmm. pay-per-view. So, um... So then... We end up going through a series of uh, false finishes. Um, Sean ends up hitting the elbow drop off the top. The super kick got blocked, turned into a choke slam on Taker. Uh, Sean reverses the tombstone, goes for sweet chin music to to seemingly knock out the Undertaker. Um, and then they're both... Um, they're both kind of knocked out on the mat, and, um, you know, ben, this, ben? yeah. Keep going, I'll be right back. Okay, and then after what seemed like the longest, um, rest period in the history of the Rumble, we finally get to the, uh, closing segment, where, um, Michaels goes for the super kick, but... Undertaker ducks it and dumps um, Sean out over the top before he can stop his uh, momentum. And believe it or not, this was Undertaker's first Royal Rumble win of his career, that being in 2007. I was a little bit surprised um, with that statistic because, you know, given the Undertaker's legendary status, I would have expected him to have... um, to have at least one Royal Rumble uh, uh, victory in his pocket before this took place. But um, so the, the two matches that are really important to uh, go back and take a look at, um, as I said before, um, was um, John Cena versus Umaga. That match was awesome. And then I also thought that uh, this Royal Rumble match was very um, – very good, and um, while I while I have you guys, and we're waiting for Elio to come back, I might as well stretch this out a little bit and go over some interesting statistics from this Royal Rumble. So Edge was the guy that lasted the longest. He had just over forty four minutes. Uh, the Great Kali had the most eliminations with seven. Um. Obviously, Edge would have had the best uh, best performance in the match because he lasted the longest. The other guy that um, um, had a really good uh, performance were obviously the last two guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like, like I said, if you hadn't seen this before, this was definitely interesting. And... Um, and you know it was it was an excellent precursor of what would come just a few years later. This was uh, knowing knowing the story of what happened in twenty five and twenty six. I was able to look at the two thousand six the two thousand seven Rumble through a whole 
different viewpoint that really elevated my appreciation for uh, where these two could could take us on a professional wrestling uh, storytelling perspective. Um, so that was my final thoughts for Royal Rumble 2007. Um, Elio, did you have anything to add? I know you said you started to watch the show, but then got distracted. Yeah, um, no, like I said, um, it started out uh, odd with Flair and Finley as number one and two, and I, even even if I hadn't gotten distracted, it, it just felt like really felt like a strange rumble. Yeah, like, I can I can see that. Alright, so that's what we have for Rumble 07. Now we're going to move on to tomorrow night's predictions. Yeah, and, and, and for those of us that are saying about time, I thought that's what this whole show was about. Well, hold your horses. We're trying to do some entertainment here. Yeah, we're having fun. We're trying to entertain this. We do this for you. Absolutely. Um, we certainly don't do it for Vince, for God's sake. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and we certainly don't do it for shows like GCW World. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> because outside of uh, those two matches I discussed, that that was possibly the most pitiful pay-per-view I've ever seen considering the hype that it had going into it. Now, Ben, um, as, I, as I always do, because I, I, I always send you the picture, the poster for the Rumble. Did you see the poster for this one? No, I did not. Hold on, I'm gonna send you the. I'm gonna send it, you a message right now. Okay. So. On the fly, courtesy of the, the PNC fly. Progression Wrestling Podcast. This episode Here is. Here we go. Oh. There you no, go. no, 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 no! I'm saying go on. I was gonna go into a into a fake sponsorship. Um, portion of the show. Unfor- unfortunately, we don't have real sponsors, but I wish we did. And if we did, it would be sponsored by Viagra because you certainly need. <laughs> what the fuck? You certainly need Viagra to keep yourself excited during Monday Night Raw because that, you know, certainly the action on a weekly basis isn't getting it done. Um, but anyway, uh, now that I've scared my co-host <laughs> as a form of revenge for all his, um, scary pictures, um, I finally got my sweet revenge, uh, and so as repayment for my crime, which I had a lot of fun with, we will now look at this picture of the Royal Rumble poster, and what the fuck is this? What is, what is this? Ragam Sockam Robots? WWE style? What the hell? Oh, God. Again, they've done, they've done it again with their terrible posters. You know, you you would really expect better from WWE, given how good their video department is. But my God, their posters suck. Uh, how, how did they put this one together? I don't understand. I I I don't wow. have the slightest clue, bro. I really don't. I mean, wow. They, they should put me in there. I'll show them how to how to do posters. 
Oh, please. Oh, please. Let me be a fly on the wall in your meeting with Vince McMahon. Please. I, I, I would really uh, I would really find that enjoyable. All right. So let's, uh, well, um, should we go, I guess we should go bottom to top. Absolutely. Because uh, number one is the men's rumble match. And, and please don't put the rumble matches uh, back to back. That is just, that would be way too much. Oh my god, that would be such a mistake. I don't think they've ever done that before, though. I, th- I think they typically break them up. Yeah, I think they, there was a, they typically put one at the beginning and one at the end. Yeah, and, and that's how it needs to stay. Okay, so first we have Roman Reigns going into the Rumble, defending the Universal Championship against Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. He- because we all, we all know that this is a this is a holding um, this is a holding feud to get to Roman versus Brock at WrestleMania, like it should be. You know, I think Roman versus Brock is going to be awesome. I don't expect it to be title versus title though, because I I don't see them unifying the belts unless they end the brand split. And unfortunately, an end to the brand split is nowhere in sight unless. WWE wants to do something really nice for the fans and actually pull the trigger, but I don't see that happening. See, uh, see, this is, this is uh, my scenario. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Seth Rollins to win, for Roman Reigns to enter the Rumble and win and go on to face Brock Lesnar, and therefore the Universal Championship goes to Raw, while the WWE Championship goes to SmackDown. So, but but if 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 Seth Rollins was the champion, how would he figure into WrestleMania? No, Seth wins. Seth uh, wins the uh, title from Roman Reigns. Roman uh, enters the Rumble, wins the Rumble, and goes on to face Brock at Mania. Okay, I mean that that is an interesting scenario, but I, I don't I don't I don't see I I, I really don't see. Um, Roman losing a match that is that's a championship match, even even if the Rumble is an option. I mean, I could definitely see that happening, but given that it's Roman Reigns, I don't predict that taking place because I think a loss at the Royal Rumble makes makes Roman look bad, considering all the momentum that he has. But if they if they were to do that, then the way to make that happen, and I actually really like your scenario. Uh, that would be very entertaining. Um, better writing than creative. But but also, I don't see I don't see Seth Rollins winning a championship right now because I don't think that that this particular character winning a championship um would be a good thing. Or. Or he could win by because well with uh, the Usos interfering on Roman's behalf. Well, yeah, and that's and that's more along the lines of what I expect to happen. So yeah, either way, I'm still gonna go with Seth Rollins because I feel like something's happening. The Usos are gonna get involved. Yeah, well, they always do. Yeah, so that's why I'm going with Seth Rollins for my pick. So uh, then uh, we have 
Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Miz and Maurice. I'm going to have to go with Edge and Beth Phoenix. I 100% agree with you. Then we have for the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. I'm going Becky Lynch. There's no way she's going to lose this match. No way in hell. If, if, I'll, I'll tell you what, if Becky Lynch loses this match, I'll do this podcast, start butt naked. That's just not going to happen. No. Oh, no, please don't. No, I'm going to have to turn my camera off. No, I'm going to have to turn your camera off. Well, well it's, it's, not, it's not as if you can see me. You can only see my head, but I'm just saying, like, in, in theory, in protest, I would do this show. Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what's creating emotional damage, the lack of pre. The lag of creative storytelling going into one of your biggest pay-per-views of the motherfucking year. Then we have for the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I'm going with Brock Lesnar. Absolutely. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Okay, um... You know what? Let's get a men's rumble out of the way first. Uh, Who do you think is going to win? Now, before we give you your answer... Here are all the names. We have the Three Prophets, the Mysterios, Austin Theory, Johnny Knoxville, Seamus, Damon Priest, AJ Styles, Biggie, Happy Corbin, Madcap Moss, Sami Zayn, Kofi Kingston, Kevin Owens, Omos, Randy Orton, Riddle, Alpha Academy, The Dirty Dogs, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs, and Ricochet. Pardon me. I would say, um, I would say AJ Styles would be my pick. Okay, and now, um, and then it says but, here, it says here, twenty-five out of the thirty entrants have been announced. That means there's five open slots. Thank you. I can do basic math. Thanks. So, no, no, I'm saying there's. I mean, there's five open slots. So like, who's gonna be in uh, those uh, five open ones? Well, that's gonna be very interesting because the surprise element of the Royal Rumble is always interesting. Speaking of surprises, um, I think this may have been where you were headed earlier when you mentioned Austin Theory. Yes. Okay. My final four. Yeah. Now, wait, did I say, no, Bobby Lashley, no, sorry. Now, I said, although we have seen where a wrestler will lose their, their singles match and enter themselves in the Rumble, so Bobby Lashley could be possibly in here, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go my final four, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio, and Austin Theory. Well, and also, my, uh, to your point, my, my dark horse pick, if, if not, um, if, um, AJ Styles doesn't win, because I say AJ Styles because, to me, he's the only, like, big name that doesn't have anything particularly substantial going on, and, and he's the only name that could, um, could go into um, a, a championship scenario 
um, and make it make sense. Um, because because I think I think AJ Styles versus um, well, it wouldn't be AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns because it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, but oh, so say AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, maybe I mean I mean the the thing is the the world title picture has never been like this unpredictable because um, WWE has just written written itself into a corner. Um, so it's going to be very interesting because you know obviously we just talked about Roman Reigns. I don't see him losing, um, and then. If you're gonna have Roman Reigns versus Brock, then um, you know I don't see either one of them losing. But then I I can't see a unification match for the for the title, so I don't see it being title versus title. So the, the, getting back to um, Austin Theory, what if what if Austin Theory won the Rumble? See that was uh, see here are my my two picks. I've got either Kevin Owens or Austin Theory winning because, because they go on. That could add a very very exciting element to his um, to his storyline with Mister McMahon because yeah they're pushing the crap out of this guy because if they don't go with Austin Theory to win the Rumble. Then what's the point of of the storyline with um with McMahon? Because that's a cool rub to have. Did you yeah. hear what Vince? <laughs> what Vince said to Austin Theory on Monday night? I, I think it was last Monday, but did you, or this Monday? But did you hear what he said? Uh, no. He, he said if Austin Theory didn't beat up Finn Balor, that Vince would beat Austin Theory up. <laughs> Oh God! I li- I'd like to see that. I honestly would. <laughs> they say he said he'd leave Austin to me to pull up his own blood. No. <laughs> like what? Yeah, kind of funny. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is this is gonna this is gonna get very interesting. And I think I think the most interesting part of it um, lands on the. Um, the WWE Universal Championship side with with Roman Reigns because that's the most interesting thing on WWE television. Period. So, but but um, aside from match predictions, and I'm sure there are more. Um, there's you only, know, there's only the women's uh, rumble. That's the last one. Okay, we'll we'll get to that for a minute. But yep. Um. <clears throat> But the, the the thing that the thing that disappoints me about this um, Royal Rumble season is I've never been less excited for uh, for a Royal Rumble, and that's because they've done nothing to build it. They've done absolutely nothing. The biggest thing that they did was bring in Lita. That's it. I mean, I mean, if you and we're gonna we're gonna get into it. Um, in more de- detail for you in a minute, but once Elia reads off the participants for the women's rumble, I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna realize, um, 
talking directly to the viewers, I would I would really be fascinated to to talk to some of y'all if I could, because to me this is the worst lineup for a rumble that I've ever seen. I mean, like no disrespect to some of the women involved, but the fact that they're calling Summer Rae a legend. The fact that I'm hearing they're, they're going to bring Cameron back. I've even heard the name Oksana. No, what? I, and why, I, why? What? Why? I don't, I don't know. And what, did, hoping, what, did, what did she do except being paired up with Goldust on NXT? <laughs> and, well, she was paired up with Cesaro too. But, um, yeah, I want to smack that, but still... Yeah. I'm hoping that that was a typo for Asuka. I, I, please. Because, I, because I would love to see Asuka come back. Um, but, I mean, you couldn't make me less interested in a WWE Women's Royal Rumble if you tried. And that is an insult to, to the current uh, stable of women because... You do have a lot of talent there, but, like, the women's division hasn't been in worse shape since, you know, since before they changed the term divas. You know, it's just, this is where we're at now. Because another name I'm hearing is Cameron. From, well, you, uh, mean, you know what? That would make sense to only to put her into the storyline with Naomi and Sonya Deville. Maybe, but um, speaking of, uh, and, and it's very interesting that you bring up uh, Naomi and uh, Sonia Deville, because I was thinking that Naomi would be my pick to win the, the Rumble for the purpose of explaining this storyline and making it important with Sonia Deville, because right now, I don't know what Sonya Deville's beef is with Naomi and I have been trying to figure that out for months. So if that is the case and they're going to expand on that storyline and make it make sense, I would love that. Now, here's another scenario. So if they go from a storyline perspective, my pick would be Naomi. If if they go for like a return and someone can come back, if Bailey ends up being in this rumble, she's going to be my pick to win the thing. Well, I heard Bailey is supposed to be returning in February. Well, still January thirty first is clo- is close enough, or January twenty ninth is close enough to February. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, to make it interesting, yeah. So. You know, if she appears, she would automatically be my pick to win. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Naomi because, you know, I can't think of who else outside of Asuka, if she comes back, that would make sense. Because now, what well, other top woman that's not a champion... What, what makes it, I you know and and the thing is well the name that's going to pop up for most people when I ask that question is Sasha Banks 
Now, I would not have a problem with Sasha Banks winning at all. It's just that from a storyline perspective, it makes no sense because she hasn't been involved in anything substantial since since when? You know, she, she's the last time I saw her, she was mentoring Tony Storm, and Tony Storm is no longer with the company. You know, I mean, I mean, what the hell? And um, and by by the way, um, happy belated birthday to Sasha Banks' dog Ryu. Um, I saw that on Instagram. And to Sasha Banks, her birthday was on uh, uh, the twenty sixth. Oh, well, actually, yeah, um, that might have been what I saw. Maybe uh, Ryu was wishing happy birthday to his mama. But, um, yeah, um, Sasha actually shares a birthday with my sister, so that's cool. Wow, cool. All right, so, um, okay, so I said the men's rumble has five open slots. 25 are filled. That means there's five left open, and uh, we for... Whoever comes out in those spots. Now, the women's rumble has 22 slots out of 30. With 8 uh, remaining open. Which I I have an idea of uh, who might fill those ones. Who are, who's your, well, who's well, your picks to fill the slots? Well, Raquel Gonzalez, uh, for sure. Then, um... We might see Zaya Lee in there. Unless she was already... No, yeah, we might see Zaya Lee in there as well. Dakota Kai. That'd be cool. So, here the list of uh, who we know already. <clears throat> Rhea Ripley. Nikki, almost a villain, super villain. Oh, God, kill me now. <laughs> Just kill me now. Uh, Dana Dana Brooke. Oh Christ! <laughs> uh, Carmella and Queen Zelina. Uh, and we have Tamina, Shotzi, Natalia, Aaliyah, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte Flair, which I really hate. I don't like that. When the, well, the, the why? Champion. Why is the champion in the rumble? Okay, I, I don't like that. Now the only other time, the only other two times that, well, the only time I've ever seen a champion in the rumble was um um fuck who was it? Uh, Brock Lesnar. Yes, exactly, Brock Lesnar, and then. And then, of course, the '92 Rumble was to determine the WWE champion. Yep. Outside of that, what in the hell would a WWE champion be doing in the Rumble? Because the entire purpose of the Rumble is for um, is to determine a challenger for said title. Now, now. This particular part makes me very scared to, to the point where the hairs on my on my arms are are standing up to the point where the, the snake and the dragon on my arm are looking ex- extremely ferocious because they have their their hackles raised, so to speak. Now, <clears throat> remember how you see. 
how Charlotte Flair was saying that if she wins, he gets to pick her opponent for WrestleMania. Who the fuck gets to... Get, and this isn't a slate toward Charlotte Flair or whatever, even though it's going to sound like one, but who the fuck gets to pick their opponent for WrestleMania? Really? Really? I mean, who are you, God? We've already established that that's how the belongs to Vincent Mann. You know, uh, well, he definitely has a God complex, uh, in storyline at least. Um, but it's just like, holy shit. So I, I really don't see that happening. But, th- but then why would a champion even be in the Rumble? Like, what, what's the point? Right. And then uh, to round out to this list, the Bella Twins and Lita, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Summer Rae, Mickey James, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Sasha Banks. Well, I'll tell you what. The only the only one in that in that group that I could legitimately see maybe winning it is outside of the names I've already discussed is Sasha Banks. I mean, it's just I know I mentioned it, but it's just like holy shit. Now, now, now that we've gone over the um, the lineup. Am I wrong in thinking that that is the worst fucking lineup I've ever heard of in my life? That is terrible. You know, the, the only the only thing that can make it worse is if Santina Morella shows up. Yeah, well, there's eight slots open. I mean, there's a flashback for you. Santina oh, Morella yeah. in drag, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> No, we don't. We don't need to see that. Speaking of violent images in my head. All right. So, um, well, who, okay. So, who do you have? Who, who do I have winning? Yeah. Uh, well, I I thought we already established that. Like, is, is oh yeah. So you have Sasha. Oh, uh, you have Sasha. Okay. No, no like it, no. No, I no. I said it's either gonna be Bailey if she's in it. Or, um, Naomi. Oh, okay, I thought, okay. Well, because now that you know Sasha's in it, I thought you might have, like, uh, gone with Sasha as well. No, I, I mean, I said that, like, she's the only, she, uh, she's one of the only other ones I could see winning it, but my pick would still be Bailey or Naomi. I'm, uh, I'm going with either well, Bailey if she returns, but uh, they keep say, they've been talking about putting the title on Liv Morgan if only for a short run. I'm gonna go with Liv Morgan. That's an interesting pick. I don't see that happening because she's gotten buried by uh, by Becky Lynch. So, but um, it's definitely an interesting pick and for my, sure. And my final four. Is yeah. going to be, um, okay, Liv Morgan, Naomi, um, and I have a. See, we're gonna have a Sonya Deville. Cause I can see Sonya Deville entering the Rumble. Absolutely. So Sonya Deville, Liv Morgan, Naomi, 
and Nanad Sumari. Um, you know what? Uh, either. Oh my god. Since they've been giving Aliyah some sort of a, like push with this whole three second thing, whatever. Well, I'm that's gonna, Na- that's Natalia. I don't know what the fuck that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna give to Aliyah so one of the final fours, since she seems to be in somewhat of a push, if you can say if you can call it that. Okay. Cool. So. Uh, that is uh, the Royal Rumble predictions, Ben. So, uh, so your pick is who? Your overall pick is who? To win either Bailey or Liv Morgan. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, so, so, I'm so tired. I was spacing out. My bad. I went number ten. Um, we're gonna draw our own numbers for the Rumble. Oh, oh yeah, I remember you saying something. Let's do that. That's, and that's whoever, fun. whoever enters the Rumble. In both matches, that is our pick for the entire Rumble. <laughs> oh, you mean outside of the picks we just made? Yep. Cool. That is our wrestler. Okay, so you want to go first or second? I'll go second. All right, so I'll go first. Let's see what number I get. Two, thirteen. For the men. Well, wait, wait. We're doing. Uh, are we do- let me start over. Are we doing men's first or the women's? We're doing the men's first. Okay. You know what? Okay. Here we go. So for the men's rumble, here we go. Okay, fifteen. Okay. I got Ben. Now, let's see whenever you get. Ooh, you got eighteen. Okay, very good. And now for the women's rumble. Again, you're going second. Uh huh. Okay, so let's see what I get. Hmm. Sixteen for the women for the women's rumble. What do you have? Oh, it's gonna be a long night for you. Number four. Oh God! For the women's, okay. So, so I, I have, I have. Whoever comes on number four, that's three and that's four. One. I have eighteen and four. Okay. And I have fifteen. Thirteen and fifteen. Yeah. No, hold on. No, I have eighteen. I have a. 13 and 16. No, no, oh, okay. no, 15 and 16. I have okay. 15 because uh, we didn't count the 13. Because we, so I have uh, 15 yeah. and 16 and you have 18 and 4. Okay. Alright, so um, before we move on to the last segment, Ben, we should do some plugs here. So of Absolutely. course, of course we have this podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Casts, with myself, Elio, and my co-host, Ben. And you can also find me on Saturdays on Wrestling POV along with Tony DS and Clay Cummings. And that you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, 
and Facebook. Yes, and um, <clears throat> and I will actually be making my first appearance for uh, Wrestling POV. I was uh, graciously invited to appear on their show on February 5th. Yep. Now, uh, Elio, is there any uh, anything I should know before I before I enter that domain? Or are you just going to throw me in the lion's den blind? I'm just going to tell you to uh, be prepared for the way we review Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and NXT and Dynamite. Oh, God. Am I not going to be happy with this, or...? <laughs> I, there might be some stuff that you might not agree with uh, some of our picks for high points and low points. Uh, well, it's okay. I mean, different points of view make it fun to talk about. But you, you, you need to play the five-second shuffle game the right way. No. Oh, God. What's the right way? The right way is you can't say, oh, we're going to skip that one. Or... No, that's it's the same guy. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Let, let me ex- let me explain to you. Actually, I go easy on I go easy on you here because I give you ten seconds. Do you want to know what the original what game was? Was it three seconds? Three seconds. Oh God. Well, I, I don't I don't think we're quite ready to graduate to that level at, at this point. <laughs> Well, that's why I said I go easy on you here with 10 seconds. Especially, especially since you uh, reshuffled your playlist. Yeah, there. and uh, fans will be back shortly. All right, Ben, are you ready? Yes, sir. Here's your first one. China. One nothing. One and oh, you're off to a good start. Alright, here we go. Next one. the great Kali, but I know that's not it. Um, so I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, um, oh, fuck, what, what, what is his name? Uh, I don't know if this is right or not, but uh, I'll just start this out there. Uh, Tiger Ali Singh? No, it is not. Well, that was a good guess, though, you have to admit. It is Jinder Mahal. Oh, fuck. Uh, okay. Uh, that was, uh, I believe that was uh, his first entrance theme. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think that's his current one. Alright. So that's one and one. Track three. Holy God. Um... I I have no idea. That is Sonya Deville. Really? Yep. I don't know if I've ever heard a, a theme for her. 
Um, at least, at least since her last match, because she always comes out with Adam Pierce. I don't think I've ever heard a theme for her. Okay. All right. So on track number four. Because it sounds, um, it sounds really familiar. Um, you know, uh, not that this has anything to do with it, but it kind of reminds me of, um, of that music that the play when Sting and uh, Vader had that like match in a cave. Yeah, the White Castle of Fear. Yeah. Um, but I don't know who that is so just take me to one and three and we'll move on to the next one that is sting oh fuck uh. <laughs> oh my god uh. oh that is physically painful oh jesus okay oh yeah i kind of walked into that one but fuck okay here we go track number four no, track number five, because it's one and three. Yeah. You want to take a guess? <laughs> <laughs> Big show. <laughs> Big show. Tully Blanchard solo music. I don't know. That's what it sounded like. Is that your answer? Yeah. Drew Gulak. Oh, what the? F- okay, well, when that's not even fair. When's the last time he was on TV? When's the last time he had a theme? Right. Is that your two and four? Okay. I'm still kicking myself over that thing, shit. Okay, here we go. It's all about me. Huh. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, clearly it wasn't somebody memorable or else I would have remembered. I or recognized the voice or some shit. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's all about me. Um, could that be Emelina? No, it is not. Who is it? Emma. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not playing. By, we're not playing by those rules today. Still counts. Still counts. That's part of the. That's part of our rules. Three, three and five, bitch. <laughs> 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 
Here we go to the next one. Okay, next one coming up. Let me just make sure the volume is good here. You don't no, got nothing? No. Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah, well, I wouldn't have gotten that because I don't watch Impact at all. Alright, here we go, next one. God, I wish she was still her NXT character, because this current one sucks. I'm sorry, Rhea. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. So what are we at? Four and uh, seven. All right. Track 12 coming up. You're doing a good job mixing these sons of bitches. I have no clue. Io Shirai. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining at you, but that really doesn't sound like. It's her. her. First, it's her first one before the one she currently has. And that's the only one I ever knew. So that makes sense. I wouldn't know that. Four and eight. Okay, track thirteen. What is that, a generic Power Ranger scene? That was terrible. <laughs> the fuck was that? Um, Don't tell CFO that. Oh, Lord, CFO. Good God, thank God they're not doing the music anymore. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I don't know. That is Tony Storm. What the fuck? Well, when? That's her old theme uh, before because before her current one that she had before she uh, was released. Oh my god! Okay. All right, track number. Uh, fourteen. Fourteen. That's what I thought. I'm just going to venture a guess and say... Hmm. Skinner? I don't know. Tainara Conti. What? See, AEW themes fucking suck. That's not AEW. That's her NXT theme. Uh, Alright, well, I don't think I ever saw Tay Conti in NXT. Oh, that's uh, 
That right there is a crime. <laughs> Track I can, 15. I can tell. <laughs> You know what? This might be the worst game of all time right now because I, I have absolutely no clue. That is Vanessa Bourne. Wow, I I had a crush on Vanessa Bourne and I still didn't recognize that fucking song. Here we go on track 16. The Riot Squad. Real, really? Yes, sir. I, I'm shocked. Track 17 coming up. Richards, I don't, I don't. That is the Forgotten Sons. That is fucking terrible. <laughs> no wonder that gimmick didn't last. Ugh. Okay, I completely suck at this game. You might have to edit this some bitch out. This is just embarrassing. Who is it? This one is Katie Cazanzaro. <sighs> three more. <sighs> Track 19, here we go. As... Nope. Uh, who was it? Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, well, of, of course. I heard the, the beeping. Two more. Who comes up with this generic bullshit? You know, like, this is a conspiracy today. I have no idea. James Ellsworth. Oh, fuck right off. Alright, just top, just, just finish it off. Last, last one. Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel. The B team. The B team. Oh, God, that was brutal. <laughs> Alright, so 
Hey, it's okay. You'll probably do better. You'll do better on Tuesday. Hopefully. All right, Ben. We see you bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. For my co-host Ben, I'm Elliot. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy the Royal Rumble tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it. I know my co-host isn't looking forward to it as much as I am. For me, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views of the year. Well, it, and it definitely is one of mine. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that based on the build. But the Royal Rumble has always been uh, my favorite pay-per-view. And uh, if my... Um, if my best friend and nephew show up, you bet your ass I'll be having some fun. So, um, hopefully the snow can stay the fuck out of Maryland for for the time being, or at least away from my goddamn house, which is which is a reach, I can tell you, because I, um, here's a piece of trivia. I, I live in the what's known as the Hereford Zone, which is the very northern tip of Maryland, and, uh, that is notorious for always getting the worst weather possible. Like, it doesn't matter what temperature it is somewhere else. It's always, like, 5 to 10 degrees colder at my house. All right. So, um, we'll be back on Tuesday for our review, our post-show. You can find me tomorrow on Wrestling POV. And Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, and thank you for enduring my suck-ass performance at the, at the um, you know, the, the, the themes. I, I must redeem myself. Colossal we come, these renegades.